When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Auburn Express. Good morning, War Report family. Perry Thompson says Hugh Freeze is better with developing wide receivers than Nick Saban. Let's talk about it. You are now now listening listening to The War Report. What's up and good morning, War Report family. It's your boy, Mike G. I'm here with my guy, B. Will. Uh, We're talking Perry Thompson and his comments. Social media was a buzz with his comments about Hugh Freeze uh, being better than Nick Saban developing wide receivers. Mm, mm. (laughs) Let's talk about this for a second because obviously... Saban has had some great wide receivers come through. Right. But is he better at developing them or just recruiting them? You tell you tell me, Mike. I mean, uh... if, if you want to give Nick Saban credit for the success of every player that comes through his program. Okay. We would have to extrapolate that for every coach who's ever done anything, right? I mean, I guess, um, you know, we got to give Gus Malzahn his credit for developing Derrick Brown because that's that's what you're telling me would have happened. Yeah, he was on the other side of the ball. Right. Right. He was not active. He was not his position coach. Gus was not. He wasn't even responsible for the scheme on his his entire side of the ball. But yet, if we want to give this, he came through the program, so he's your player type thing. Uh, it That's baloney. <laughs> that's baloney that's baloney we know that Nick Saban is a defensive coach by trade if you wanted to knock it down one more step he was a defensive backs coach by trade there was actually footage of him in the early days coaching his defensive backs up to like you know mid 2010s like he would be out there with the, the defensive backs I've never seen Nick Saban coaching wide receiver drills does that mean it didn't happen no it just means I didn't see it and I know that there was an offensive coordinator I know that there was a wide receivers coach and Nick Saban was neither of those guys. So there is some objective truth in the fact that Nick Saban probably didn't develop any offensive player that's come through there for him to play at Alabama. I don't know why that's so sensational. If you want to argue about the prolific success of the players who have come through this his program, that's undeniable. You can't take that away from him. They've gone on to the NFL to have amazing careers. I think Julio Jones is probably first ballot Hall of Famer. And just with the numbers that he's put up over, over his, what, 14, 15-year career, mm-hmm. can't take that away from him. But Nick Saban didn't develop Julio Jones. <laughs> Julio Jones developed Alabama, man. He did more for Alabama than Alabama did for yeah, him. He was going to be Julio Jones. If where, he went no to, matter where he went. yeah, No matter right, where he so, went. I mean, with right. those measurables and those skills. So... I understand what what Perry Thompson meant. Now, 
of course, just because they're in their feelings <laughs> to such a, a oh, egregious extent, the Alabama fans are, oh, they're they're so sensitive right now. They're very sensitive. They're hurting a little bit. They're losing commits. They're losing them to their rival. And they aren't even they aren't even on top of the SEC or the country. Georgia's taking that crown from them with a with a back-to-back championship. Hugh Freeze is on the block, and the one guy who had been able to compete or beat Nick Saban convincingly is now at the rival school across the state, and that guy is taking recruits. I I get it. I, I get why they're so upset. But they're in their feelings. They're in their feelings. Yeah, listen, at the end of the day, I got what he was trying to say. Nick Saban is not really a receiver. They've had some great receivers. I think that, like, God, man, when you think about all the good receivers, right, like Calvin Ridley, uh, uh, um, uh, Julio Jones, all these guys that are just obviously are making waves in the league or had really good NFL careers. So certainly, yes, I think it's more a reflection of the overall recruiting at Alabama. Right. Because to your point, these these guys are going to be dudes anyway, no matter where they went. Now, how they did in college definitely matters because they were on better teams, a better team playing with better players. Mm-hmm. But the development piece is what Perry Thompson is looking at. Now, does he feel like he still has room in his game to develop? This right. is a five-star kid. Right. This is a consensus five-star kid. And he's still talking about development, which I think is a good thing. He's saying, I can still take coaching. Right? Like, you know, I'm not, I don't expect, I, I expect to come in and have to work. And I'm looking for a coach who can give me continued instruction and direction. Right? Right. Rather than go to a program where they have all these ready made receivers and they just expect you to just be. Now, that's not, I don't think it's an unreasonable expectation of a five star talent. But, you know, Perry Thompson is saying it. Bama fans lost their minds. They were like, bro, he didn't think about this at all. And I'm like, no, you guys are the ones that are actually not thinking. You're not thinking about what he's saying. Nobody is saying that Alabama's not had good receivers. They've had amazing right. receivers. Right. He's saying <laughs> that Saban is not responsible for developing them. I don't, even, I don't know who the wide receiver coach of Alabama is right now. And so th- this is the other side of that, that conversation is <laughs> right. all of this, the, the wide receiver glut that has taken place over the last seven, eight years was all under Lane Kiffin, Steve Sarkeesian, both of which are no longer the offensive coordinators. The minute that Steve Sarkeesian left, he had two years of Bill O'Brien and their receiver play started to drop off a cliff. They had Jameson Williams, who was good. Last year, I, I distinctly remember in the last offseason, Nick Saban going scorched earth on a receiver who transferred out, talking about how he wasn't ready to take the challenge and he wasn't preparing properly. And that's right. why when their receivers got hurt in the 2021 championship game against Georgia, they, they didn't have anybody to go to. And I think that kid ended up transferring to Texas, and then he later he transferred out of Texas. So, listen, certain coaches are going to get credit for everything that happens under them, and I get that. I'm not even—I understand that's part of the game. It's kind of like the way that the quarterback's going to get all the credit and all the blame for the play of the team. It's like it happens. It comes with the position. But we don't have to sit here and act like Nick Saban steered the destiny of the wide receivers for the last eight years. You had two of the most— 
pass-happy offensive coordinators in Lane Kiffin and Steve Sarkeesian. And they were queuing it up at QB and at, at wide receiver. They're gone. If you are Perry Thompson and you're looking at what's in the cupboard over there as far as offensive coaching and offensive skills, I would be like, yeah, I, I trust you freeze more than I trust old buddy that came from Notre Dame. What, what are we talking about? <laughs> I know who's going to be throwing to me for the next three, four years because he's coming in with my class, Walker White. If it's not Walker White, it's got to be somebody who's better than Walker White because you know that Hugh Freeze is not going to have you out there suffering just to say, oh, well, this is our leader with more experience. No, you got to put the better guy out there. So he's going to have the better guy out there. I already know who's going to be throwing to me. I've seen him. I've camped with him. Hey, we got some reps in uh, before Big Cat Weekend. Okay, that's done. What's going on in Alabama? Who's going to be the starter? Who's going to be starting next year? Is this OC even good? Let me go back and look at Notre Dame's tape. Were they great? Right. I don't know. Are they run first? Because we know Saban, as a defensive coach, often had some clashes with, <laughs> with Lane Kiffin about how often he was willing to run the ball and him being too ready to pass yeah. the ball. Yeah, thanks. I want a guy who I know is going to pass the ball. I know Hugh Freeze is going to pass the ball. And since he's not only the offensive mind of the team, he's also the head coach. What he wants to do is going to supersede whatever anybody else wants to do. The OC yep. at Bama may want to pass, but if Nick Saban don't want him to pass, he's not going to pass. He's going to run the ball all day. Well, look, uh, the the wide receiver coach at um, Alabama is Holloman Wiggins. He's in his second season as the wide receiver coach there. Yeah. So um, certainly the position coach matters. Like we we know that. Yeah. You know, from from. From Auburn, the best that Auburn was at wide receiver. Yeah. Like the, the receivers really like Ike Hillier, but before that, um, it was a mess. Yeah. Uh, Eric Keystow was a mess. Um, they just they weren't doing well there at receiver coach. Yeah. Um, I got Loki. You know, would not have mind if Ike Hilliard had stayed, based on the players saying how much they loved him. But you know, ultimately, uh, we knew he could coach receivers. I, I, I guess my point is. This guy is definitely not responsible for any of Alabama's recent success at, at, at receiver. Right. Now, receiver was the weakest point on their team last year. Yes. It was awful. Yes. Yeah. It was bad. <laughs> and, and he's in his second year. So that means last year, which was his first year, the receivers were terrible. Yeah. After a long history of really, really good receivers. I would say their best receiver was a transfer yes. the year before. Yeah, James right? Yeah, That's right. So when he says developing wide receivers, he's talking about recent track record. Mm-hmm. And this is where you got to read between the lines of what he's saying because he doesn't care what Julio Jones did. Right. That was how long ago for him? He was like eight. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it was 13 years ago, Julio's last season in Alabama. You're right. He was, he was like, like five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He doesn't care. Eric Thompson doesn't care what Julio Jones did and these guys did. He cares what you're doing with them now. And last year, your receivers are terrible. Yeah. So he's going to a coach with a more recent history of being able to work with wide receivers. He just had a 1,400-yard receiver at Liberty. So give me a break, man. Like, I, I just, I don't understand the outcry over, you know, this kid's comments. You know, people really, you have, one thing I've learned about Twitter is, is people will try their hardest to misunderstand what you're saying. 
Yes, <laughs> social media. People I'm not trying to understand you. I'm just trying to mock you. I just want to clown you. <laughs> they will go out of their way to misunderstand your point. Um, so you know, he said what he said. It's going to make some waves. I think as a young athlete, he's going to learn be that you know everything you say now in the media as a five star athlete is going to make a headline. Right. It's going to. We try when they come on our show to not let them make the wrong kind of headline. Right. And the things that they say. Uh, but, you know, everybody else is not going to give you that protection. They want the clicks. That uh, post, um, I forgot who posted it up. Uh, I think it was like Ben Thomas from On3 or something. You know, got a lot of clicks. That's exactly what he wanted. Took the quote, put it out there. He didn't misquote him. So, uh, you know, but he knew right. it was clickbait. And he also knows, he, but he also made no attempt to explain what Perry Thompson was trying to say. Right. Right. He put his words out there, but he didn't try to explain it. And I, I thought it was pretty clear. Right. You've got a wide receiver coach that's in his second year and a year before the receivers were terrible. You've got brand new coordinators. Right. On both sides of the ball. Right. He like, so everything you did previously doesn't matter to me if I'm Perry Thompson. Right. Doesn't matter. Right. Everything you did previously does not matter to me. You, you don't even know what their offensive philosophy is. It's going to be. Right. No, yeah. Don't. You don't know how effective a play caller this guy is going to be. If we were talking about Lane Kiffin or Steve Sarkeesian, right? Steve Sarkeesian called one of the best games I've ever seen in a national title game. Which one? Uh, talking about 2020? 2020. Yeah, that year doesn't count, so. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, I mean, he was, I mean, he is a bona fide play caller. I'd be excited about playing yeah. in, in an offense that he was running. This is the first, I think this might be Saban's weakest set of coordinators that he's had since he's been in Alabama. It is. It is. I know a lot of people like Kevin Steele. I, <laughs> I was very iffy on him. He put some decent defenses on. They seem to fail at all the wrong times in all the important moments. Well, to, to, but that's where he's in Kevin Steele's defense, he, the offense failed his defense. With with Gus here, uh, more more often than the the defense failed the offense when the defense was actually trying to do their part. So right, um, yeah, a retread from Auburn is not something that speaks gives you confidence as a as an Alabama fan. If I was an Alabama fan, I'd be like, we got the guy who left Auburn with his tail tucked between his legs, right? Huh? Okay, all right, I guess. And I don't know, Notre Dame's OC, I don't know if he's good or bad or not. I have no idea. Nick Saban quite often was not willing to pay up to keep his coordinators in place. Right. He had some that he rode for a very long time. Kirby was obviously great for him. Jeremy Pruitt was great for him while he was there. Starkeesian and Kiffin were great. Dabo, um, Brian Dabo was great while he was there. But that's it. So now people know that this is where I come to rehabilitate Yep, Bill O'Brien. I got fired at the NFL. Let me go here for a few years, lick my wounds. All right, let me go back and get an NFL job. That's it. That's what he's known for, and that's what he's become. So for that reason, all the guys who are actually good, they went and got better jobs. They don't have a reason to come back here unless they get fired. In that case, maybe they aren't that good. I don't know. Yeah. This well, is the important. game. Uh, system is important. Drop. War Report family, you are listening to The Morning Drop 
where we talk about the most recent and relevant Auburn sports news. We broadcast live from the War Report's YouTube channel on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 Central Time. You're welcome to come watch it live, but the live chat is reserved for our YouTube channel members only. So come on by, become a member, and get active in the best Auburn sports community on the webs. We'll be right back after we pay a couple bills. Thanks for sticking around through the ad break. Now here's the rest of your morning drop. Let's get to some comments here. Let's do it. I'm going to start with Retro. Retro said, I'd honestly rather him say he just likes Hugh more because honestly, there's not facts to back up what he said. I, I think there are facts when you read what he said in context. Right. If you take it out of context, I'm not, yeah, I don't think there are any facts to back it up. If you're just saying Hugh Freeze has had better wide receivers than Nick Saban, that's not what he was saying. But I think that's how a lot of people took it. Chris S. says, I never thought of Saban as a DB coach, just defense in general. Yeah, I mean, he's a defensive guy. He's, he's had some great defenses. But it was around the time that he hired Lane Kiffin that he made the shift from being winning with defense to winning with offense. College football was changing. Gus Malzahn brought in crazy, hurry up, no huddle, spread, whatever it was. And Saban had a lot of trouble with offenses that ran like that. Mm -hmm. So he decided, if you can't beat him, join him. He went out and got a dynamic play caller in Lane Kiffin. I was terrified when he hired Kiffin. I was like, oh, he's actually good. Um, so uh, it's going to be interesting to see where, they, where college football goes from there. Philip Hall, uh, we're getting you more five stars this morning. I was kind of getting used to it. <laughs> this is funny. Um, recruiting has been on fire. Been on fire. And they may not be done yet. Trevon Reed says we ain't done yet. But uh, Auburn is looking at DeAndre Carter and possibly trying to convince KJ Bolden to come. Mm -hmm. Going into California and getting like the best O-lineman is wild. That is. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> Absolutely wild That's for crazy. Auburn. So Drax, yeah, Saban is head coach, DB coach. Plus he was a DB as a player and a back back in the day. I didn't know he was a DB. Yeah, he was defensive back. A five okay. foot eight cornerback. They probably he out there getting smoked. Yeah, he was out there getting mossed. <laughs> definitely. That's <laughs> <laughs> even out there getting mossed. Uh, retro there. <laughs> no evidence that Saban is a receivers coach. Bama has good wide receivers, but that's not a reflection on Saban specifically. Yeah, yeah I agree. Like, I think that what he, he was talking about system, right, and position. And the position coach does not have a great track record at Alabama so far. Yeah. And Saban is not an offensive guy. So, uh, again, if you try to understand what he's saying, it's not that hard. Right. It's really not that hard. See, Bradley says, speaking of uh, receivers that Hugh Freeze had under him, A.J. Brown and Metcalf. Now, right. I believe... Metcalf was recruited the year Freeze got hired. As uh, fired, the, as was AJ Brown. They came in the same right. class, and they were right. dynamic together. But they, of course, Freeze got fired later like that six year. games after. Yeah, yeah, they got. But yeah. one thing that they would be able to speak to, because I've seen people talk about this, like, well, he didn't develop him. He was one thing that he would be able to speak to AJ Brown or uh, DJ Matt, DK Metcalf is, how did he recruit you? Right. What. Did he do, when you got there in camp, what was the focus? Was he using you, or were you just in there one of the guys? Like, when you go through a couple of camps, you get to kind of see how much that coach is keeping there, their promise to you, as far as what are you running? What are we practicing? What are the scrimmages like? And when you start game planning, 
and you see that you're a part of the game plan as a wide receiver that's a freshman, well, I can say, you know what? He recruited me for this. He told me we were going to be doing this. And when I got there year one, he was doing what he said he was going to do. And on top of that, after they let go of Freeze, he actually, they kept using his system because his old line coaches who got That's promoted. That's what I'm saying. His old line coaches who got promoted. So they were still passing the ball and they were still using Hugh Freeze's offense. And that's why DK and A.J. Brown were both getting hella numbers while they were there at Ole Miss. Now, Ole Miss couldn't feel the defense to save their lives, so they didn't do much winning after Hugh Freeze left. But as far as what do we come here to do, what type of system are we running, both of those are Hugh Freeze, even if he didn't coach them for three or four years. And they were both productive, and they're both excellent wide receivers in the NFL. So I would say, yes, that's a credit to Hugh Freeze. They went there to play for him. I don't know that they were the most highly touted five-star guys before they got there, but doing what Hugh Freeze set up as a system for them to do, it got the spotlight on them enough, got them enough productivity for them to get on NFL radars. And when, once they got there, they've been showing up. Yeah, facts. Definitely facts. Um, uh, Retro comes back again and says he only coached them for their freshman year. I love what he was doing here, but I never gave him credit for them. And I can't start just because he's our coach. Uh, again, I think that's fair, but there are aspects like you you just articulated that you can't attribute to Q, Q for Q Freeze because he did convince them to come there. He was part of their recruitment. Uh, Chris S. comes through and says, Treadwell, Moncrief, Evan Ingram, speaking of other receivers that Hugh Freeze has actually coached and developed, uh, right. Evan Ingram was a monster. He right. went on to, now, I think technically the tight end. Right, technically. But he's he's wide receiver. He's, he's, he's a, a receiver. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, Dante Moncrief, Laquan Treadwell did, you know, had a good career in the NFL. Let's just, no, let's act like he's got no record with receivers. And then that kid from, I always forget his name, from uh, Liberty that went for 1,400 yards. I didn't. I never knew his name. I just knew he had a 1,400 yard receiver. A 1,400 yard receiver. Uh, that's you don't do that by accident. His, his top receivers averaged 860 yards a season. Um, so he's had a lot of success there, and I think that you know uh, he has. You know, Perry Thompson has recognized that. And just said, hey, you know, this is something that. Um, I think I can play in. Um, James Barnett says, uh, fellas, what are your thoughts about Josh Pate saying that a roster doesn't have to be equal to win? I agree with them. That's why I think our ceiling is more than nine in the nine to 11 range thoughts. Uh, yeah. So if you <laughs> haven't missed it, we'll release the segment of Josh Pate this morning. Uh, him and I sat down and we talked about how Hugh Freeze catches up to Nick Saban and Kirby Smart and what he does in the meantime while he's getting the Jimmy's Joe's in the door. Right. right. Um, and he made this comment about a roster doesn't have to be equal to win. Um, I agree because lesser talented teams beat more talented teams all the time. Right. Right. Uh, now, can you out scheme Nick Saban? Yes, you can. It's been proven. He can be out schemed. Right. Now, his players are so good, it's hard to do often and consistently. But he can be out-schemed. So I agree with the statement. B, you have thoughts on, on what Josh Payne is saying here about rosters not having to be equal to win? I mean, we know that. Uh, we beat Bama five, three times out of the eight times that Gus Malzahn was here. Not once did we have a composite star rating even close to what Alabama's was on the team. You can have one side of the ball that carries the other side, and the, the weaker side just has to come through in a couple of moments. We saw that with offense, defense, when it came to the 2013 team, when it came to Cam. Cam was an amazing force, and this was before Gus. He was the OC, but it wasn't. Our team was not player for player even close to comparable to the talent that Alabama had. 
they had more talent. We've heard those stats. I think Cole Kublik actually tweeted it out. No offensive linemen took a snap in the NFL. No wide receivers ended up in the NFL. None of the running backs on that team ended up in the NFL. Like, listen, we didn't have the talent to compare team-wise, but we just need a couple things to go right, and the things that go right go really, really right, and everybody else is bought in around them. That's what has to happen. It helps when you raise the talent floor, and there's not a huge gap, so you don't have to play up so much to compare to, to get on the same playing level, but you don't have to be elite talented to beat Alabama. You might have to be elite talented to beat Georgia. I'm not sure. I, Kirby doesn't seem to have that same slack in his system that, that Saban has in his. We'll see going forward. This will be a really good test for who Kirby is this year, but I do agree. You don't have to be the best team. We saw Auburn teams here get beat by worse teams, get played to almost uh, overtime by, by Jackson State. Was that uh in twenty what year was that twenty fifteen Utah State the year after we won the national championship like we had to onside kick and, and get the ball back to win it we were more talented than Utah State if there is some slack in your in your game as a head coach as a program a less talented team can bite you absolutely and really any given day man any given day a well coached team can beat a more talented team mm. it can happen. Amani Smoot with the Super Chat says, I think we get KJ Bolden, Kamari Franklin, and DeAndre Carter. Uh, Amani out here putting out his wish list. That's crazy. (laughs) That's crazy. Can you imagine? Just getting KJ and DeAndre would be insane. Just getting Uh, KJ to make it three five-stars in one class would be, because that's that's a level we never got to under Gus. Yeah, We we never got to that point. That would be crazy. Three, like, true five-stars definitely would be crazy. So, You guys have jumped in here. John Brandon says, Freeze obviously has a system and philosophy that works. Uh, He has had success everywhere he's been. Numerous players have been benefited from his system, so you have to give him some credit for that. Um, I agree with that. Right? Players have found success. They've gone on to be pro. Um, You know, Malik Willis left here and got drafted. Uh, Gus didn't think he was good enough to start over Bo. Uh, You know, I would argue during that time, you know, uh, that one year that he had, you know, Liberty uh, that that vaulted him into the draft was amazing, right? Um, and he had a lot less on-field playing time than Bo did. Yeah. So credit to Freeze for being able to get a kid like that and put him into, you know, and put him in, in, in where he needs to be. Yeah, uh, guys, uh, listen, we want to thank everybody for joining us. Before we get out of here again, Perry Thompson says Hugh Freeze is better at developing wide receivers than Nick Saban. We agree if you're watching this, you probably agree. We'll be back at you guys tomorrow to see what you agree with. We're out. Peace. Drive.